Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash in general. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the In General Podcast. This is Chris today hosting because Assis dropped out at the last minute and I'm joined with Ryan who has not been on the podcast for quite some time. Yo, doing, yo, yo, it's good. Uh, I'm good. It's good. Uh, yeah, it has been a long time. Really long time. But it's good to be back. No, honestly, it's great. It's great to hear your voice on the other end of uh, the Aww, microphone. There. man. It's good to hear your it's, voice it's, too. That's so sweet. I know. It's, it's, it makes me feel comfortable, you know? <laughs> Does it really? <laughs> uh, You're like, Ugh. okay. <laughs> Your voice soothes. This me. guy clearly doesn't know me well enough. I mean, I've always, I was always told. I mean, so in college, I did like a year's worth of a year's worth. I did a year of uh, weekend DJing at in, in my uh, college town. And yeah. It had it kind of has a little bit of a of a broad reach. I mean, it kind of reached uh, where I currently live now, uh, in Eastern Washington, and um, it, it was pop music, uh, top one hundred, which is not typically the type of music I listen to. But um, this, I mean, this guy told me like I had this really nice voice uh, at a at a bar one night, and I thought it was kind of weird to be honest with you. But then I found out he was the um, morning the morning show dj and then i ended up getting a gig on and long story short uh i had a few people kind of tell me that that like my voice was like weirdly soothing and it's still weird but uh you're not the first to tell me that is what i'm trying to say yeah well you know see i know what i'm talking about um you know what i find interesting you have a lot of um interesting sort of music related stories in your past yeah, <laughs> do yeah. I really? <laughs> uh, you I know, feel I, like there's one other one that we won't get into that you told us in Philadelphia that uh, <laughs> definitely amused me. Wait, no, let's get into it. I don't. I'm um, a, I'm an open book. Yeah. So, is there any other music stories that you did something in the past that's sort of interesting? Wait. Oh man, am I gonna regret this? What is it? Wait, just tell me what it is. There's so many <laughs> musical stories. I mean. Weren't you basically, like, in a boy band or something? Oh, shit. <laughs> Not... <laughs> technically, no. Okay, so, really, okay. <laughs> um, You're like, oh, God, I didn't remember telling him that one. No, I know. I mean, I've, t- I've told some people, but, like, here's the thing. I I look fond... I was only... It was a year of my life, and I look fondly on that year of my life, because, like, the people who were in it and everything were, like, were really cool, and, I mean... And it was fun. It was during my sophomore year of high school. And it, in my hometown, uh, we had this group called SOS, which stood for Singers on Stage. And uh, it, we just did covers of like uh, popular music and like new and old. And we'd perform at malls, junior highs, high schools. But there were four guys. Uh, we were all with in high school, and we all, 
yeah kind of blended well and there were definitely some songs that we did that were like boy band anyway i also uh if you want to know uh in high school had bleach frosted tips uh so i actually kind of had the look of it as well um you were really living that life Bro, it was the two thousands or the early two thousands. <laughs> the turn of the, the turn of the it's millennia, it. I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you showed us a picture while we were in Philly, if I recall correctly. I think you showed us like one picture. It was it was, it was an interesting. <laughs> we were all like, "Are you kidding me?" Uh, I know that my wife has definitely posted a picture of me, like in the in the like it's like a spandexy kind of black t shirt. And uh, kind of baggy um, black pants, black shoes. I mean, we were all black. And the girls would wear, like, zebra uh, leather pants. I mean, pants. It was... it's, oh, it's... I love it. Talking about it now, I'm just, like, kind of rolling my eyes and shaking my head a little bit. But, you know, at the time, you know, whatever. You know? Hey, it sounds like good times. You enjoyed it uh, then, and that's what counts, and you can tell it now as a funny story, which is also what counts, so you sort of got the best of both worlds. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was <laughs> it was a good time. I mean, like, like I said, I look fondly back on it, but it was, <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, you could say it was weird. <laughs> um, anyways. Let's talk so dinosaurs. Let's <laughs> talk about dinosaurs, yeah. Um, there's a lot that we need to cover. Even, I think there was news that dropped before our last podcast, but we sort of, none of us had actually spoken in person about the trailer, um, or really talked to anyone about the trailer before the last podcast, so we all just kind of, like, exploded outward with, like, such a strong emotional reaction, and not necessarily a positive one, that I think that, for one thing, it kind of hindered a good discussion like, it was just sort of like, screw this, screw that, everything sucks. And as time has gone on, I'm like, you know, my, my optimism has returned. I'm not saying I loved everything about the trailer. Like, my opinions haven't changed, but maybe my strong emotional reaction has. Um, and also, there's a lot more news that we can cover that we didn't necessarily get a chance to talk about in the last podcast. Sweet. Yeah, um, I, it's been so... Uh, I mean, it's kind of been, I feel like, a blur in the past five months not only in like my life but just in like especially in the Jurassic like I kind of just don't really have a sequential idea as to what's really been happening it's weird because there's both been a lot of news and not a lot of news and the reason why I say that is um there was like sort of that blitz of a news campaign um a media campaign leading up into the trailer and then the trailer dropped and then it went quiet again yeah then that was it but there's been, like, a lot of little bits of news, like, from interviews with J.A. Bayona and Colin Trevorrow, like, tiny little quotes that really aren't news on their own, but they're definitely worth discussion. And there's been a lot of merchandise um, happenings. Um, and there's, like, a lot of that, but it's not sort of what you'd expect. Like, you know, there's not, like, a big update on the Jurassic World website. There's, um, you know, dinosaurprotectiongroup.com, the viral website, has launched, but... It's all you can do is sign up for an email right now, like right. take it an email. So it's sort of been radio silence, but we are approaching the uh, the Super Bowl trailer. Assuming it happens, last we heard it is, but you know, things like that do change. But I think it's pretty safe to assume that Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom will have like a one minute long TV spot during the Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teases, and I mean, I, I would be surprised if they didn't. I think we've heard that it 
is definitely going to happen. Well, it was locked in at a point in time, that's for sure. I mean, but I won't say... I haven't seen anything, like, specifying it in, like, two months or so. So it's not to say it couldn't have changed, but I really doubt it has changed. Yeah, I mean, don't be surprised if we don't with how things kind of work within that world. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing's official, or not, you know, nothing's locked set in stone until it actually happens with uh, Hollywood, particularly. The most, can... yeah, I mean, like it's going to be interesting to see how tight they keep things, or how loose. All of a sudden, you know, when the floodgates open, if they ever do open, I mean, yeah, uh, I... right now the the biggest. <laughs> it's like, and the other thing too, right now is it's like. I was and I was just telling Chris before this podcast like part of this burnout that I've kind of experienced too as to like why I feel like there's been this blur or, or this this feeling that I've had of like maybe it's kind of been this burnout towards Jurassic because there has been this weird lack or or, or combination of just uh, uh, things that haven't that have got me hyped but then haven't got me hyped uh, it's it, it's, and it's gonna, like the only thing I can look forward to now is like when the Super Bowl trailer drops, and then what what are people going to talk about then? And then seeing comparisons like you throw in color corrections <laughs> of like of like the differences between trailer one and trailer two. Notice oh, the templates in the back and how they've changed. I mean, just like we did with like, Dr- it's with Jurassic little World, fun things like mm-hmm. that. And one thing I want to mention real quick as an aside. Um, when I go and put things like that up on Twitter, it's mainly for my own amusement and for other people's amusement. Like, there's not necessarily an underlying narrative. In the past, I don't think people went looking for that narrative. But uh, with the Fallen Kingdom trailer, like, people seem to read, try to find, like, hidden meanings to my tweets and assume some sort of negative connotation. And man, were people just attacking me left and right, like, assuming that I was trying to make some sort of statement. I'm like, dude, I'm just posting a picture that looks cool and saying hey, this is what it looks like this way. Or I'm just posting it. Like, it, there wasn't some grander meeting. I wasn't trying to, like, make some sort of resounding statement. It's, it's, it's for fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Here's the thing. Like, we all get really passionate about what we perceive as, you know, like, what, what this franchise does for us personally. It speaks to everybody in a, in a completely different way. And I... It, it, with all things have have kind of been like one where i see both sides and i and i'm at more of a moderate point of view but with this i i mean dude i, I mean I, I thought you were justified in what you were saying i thought people at the same time who i only read a few of the tweets but i thought it was funny that you know some people said what they said about your uh tenacious um feelings and attitude towards the franchise and the you know the design of it and i think i think it's justified because what you're saying rings true like there there might to some they're minute details but like look if you look at the rex and you and you see that scene over the volcano like it's glorious yes it looks fantastic it could be better though in the sense because rex does look different than she has in the past and there are differences in the way that, you know, she like kind of overall looks and you can call it age and you can call it whatever you want. But there is a aesthetic that is kind of burned, especially with some of us that are older in that. I mean, that will simply not go away. And it's, and, I, and it's not like we're 
we're not uh, okay with change. Change is great, but you're bringing a character that was you know the same character twenty years ago, uh, and and the differences are kind of a little too much. Well, yeah. Well, what's interesting about the T Rex is I think the T Rex. I mean. I, I call it a movie monster, but that's not sort of what I think it should be depicted as. But it's one of the most iconic movie monsters of all time, the Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park Tyrannosaurus Rex. So I find it really fascinating that they changed her overall um, silhouette and uh, especially her skull structure. Yeah. Um, I totally get that there should be changes because of age, but the thing is it, it's not really recognizable. The only thing that really ties it together are the scars from the raptor attack. Exactly. And those who know the movie are like, oh, yeah, it is the Rex, but it does, there's a lot of really key defining features that I think were characteristic of the Jurassic Park Tyrannosaurus Rex mm-hmm. that are sort of, like, muted. They're sort of rounded off. They're sort of... um blurred away like they're they're there but they're like sort of softened it's like they met a middle ground with something else and it just no longer sort of has that striking oh yeah it's that t-rex there's nothing inherently wrong with the tyrannosaur design in jurassic world if it were its own animal i mean it can look weird from some angles because of its very skinny neck and sort of proportions Mm -hmm. it can kind of look like a giant bobblehead if you don't film it from the right angle but then if you see it from another angle you go oh man it looks great and then you look at it from another mm-hmm. angle and you go, oh man, it looks goofy. And that's just, what you're seeing there is just the effect of the lens, the way lens captures things. Just like if you ever go to take a picture of yourself and you throw on the selfie camera and you're like, oh God. And then someone else takes the picture and you're like, okay, I look normal there. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. lens distortion. I mean, the reality is oftentimes there's a very real reason why we perceive these things as looking different from one angle and not in another. Yeah. And I mean, again, but at the same time, it's like, I'm okay, I'm not necessarily, like, butthurt over the change, because at the same time, I wish the design kind of rang truer to the original. I mean, if you look at Chris next to the eye of the Rex during that scene in, you know, in the trailer, and you compare it to when Lex mm-hmm. and, and, you know, in the Jeep in Jurassic Park, I mean, there are structural differences just in the eye socket alone that make it different, you know. Yeah, that wouldn't be different because of age. Now, to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom's defense, it seems like they're sticking with the um, the structural style that they developed for Jurassic World. So it's not like Fallen Kingdom necessarily. It's not like uh, like the people at Neil Scanlon's studios are at fault with this. Like, they are sticking to what IOM created for Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sort of understandable i kind of wish they would have made some changes like even some small tweaks to the skin like the texture type like the scale pattern on the jaw they're entirely different types of scales um in jurassic world i mean jurassic park they were sort of rounded um deeper and they were smaller and in jurassic world they're really wide and flat and they're like a completely different skin texture and it's really weird it looks like it would belong to like a different animal almost um and that's a carryover from jurassic world's design that um, it especially stands out now that we have a practical, the return of a practical T-Rex, which is awesome. But, like, it really, the differences sort of stand out even more. Even if that does look very Jurassic Parky, it doesn't look like the Jurassic Park Rex. It just looks like a Jurassic Park Rex. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... If that this, makes sense. The, yeah, the skin texture, I didn't get... I mean, that's that's on a level where I'm not quite paying attention. But, like, when you pointed out, like, the Brachiosaurus head compared to the previous and those kind of things, I mean, there are real differences compared to the original. And if you're, you know, and if it's been the first time since... I mean, we saw a Brachiosaurus in Jurassic Park 3, I don't really 
count that because I think the CGI is terrible and the coloration <laughs> is different and it just looks fat and chubby and it, it's its I, own subspecies. It's just I it's, think it, the best yeah, way to I look just, at it. I just I mean that's that's cool. And this Brachiosaurus obviously different. They all can look the same or, or, or can look different. You know, snouts can range and, and so like when I think of it that way, it's like okay. Because I've only seen really one or two up close, and that was in the first. But like they still kind of look the same. The one in the tree with with Grant and or, or when Grant and Ellie first saw the Brachiosaurus, I mean that skull structure was similar to the one that the puppet that came into the tree. So I mean there were similarities there. And this one like has an elongated snout. It's different. I mean the neck is not as long. It's it's like a subadult. Smaller. You could you know, and that's what people were saying. Like, well, it's a subadult. I mean. Sure. And cool. And you know what? If the movie shows other brachiosaurs that are developed, like the Jurassic Park one. And here's the thing. If it is supposed to be, like, if they went into it and said, hey, we want to make a brachiosaur design that is reminiscent of the classic design, but different, because we want to imply that Masrani Global changed the design, that that's great. But it's sort of confusing as a viewer, because you shouldn't necessarily be left going, like, hey, that doesn't quite... Like, it's, all, it's too close to the original to be like, oh, it's cool, it's a new design yet like different enough to for like someone like me to be like oh my god that's perfect that is the dinosaur of my childhood it's like Mm -hmm. oh it sort of looks stumpy and awkward it's not majestic anymore it's kind of derpy yeah i mean here's here's an an example that i try to compare it to to like ground myself if you look at the alien franchise and you look at alien you know one through whatever the design is still the alien, but there are, I mean, if you're an alien fanatic, there are major differences between oh. between the design of the alien through yes. 1 and 5. And you can ultimately say that the design is cooler or it's not as cool or you like this. And I mean, so that, in a sense, it's like, okay, well, that has design elements and change, you know, and that's an iconic character. Same with Predator. There's been subtle differences there and how the design changes there. So, I mean, you know, Kong over time, I mean, that can, that's free and open for that to change. Uh yeah. So I mean, like, it's I guess it, it, it's like you're playing with something, but at the same time, you just want some people like us, I guess, to kind of have that element of oh, you know, I want to feel like a kid again, and see like my Rexy, like the Rexy of, and it's like you know, and we question why it doesn't quite look like that, but then at the same time, it's just nice to know like, hey, it's it's still Rexy. It's you know, that's it's Roberta, whatever her name is. It's uh, she, she's yeah, and that's kind of you know, in the end, that's I'm like, well, okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's sometimes frustrating when you hear the behind-the-scenes stories, though, and you find out, like, oh, that's why it looks different, when you're like, oh, they didn't have proper reference material, and they've been candid about it, that, like, oh, yeah, we wanted it to look more like the classic, and it was only afterwards that we found out, oh, we didn't quite get it there. So when you hear these stories from Jurassic World, and you jump into Fallen Kingdom, and then the design hasn't changed, you're kind of mm-hmm. left, like... But why? You guys said you realized that it wasn't exactly where you wanted it. Why didn't you take this opportunity to really like pay homage to the classic, the original, and the super fans? And all the casual fans that don't care, they're not going to care if it changes. Or even the super fans who also... There are plenty... I'm not going to imply that you're a casual fan if you don't care about something like this. Um, even the super fans that notice these things but necessarily don't mind or care, they're not going to complain that something looks more like the classic design again. I mean, they're going to go, oh, cool, yeah, looks like those people got what they wanted. Cool. I don't mind either way. I still like it. And um, I think that that's really what it comes down to, is the only people that are really going to notice, the only changes that you can make by reverting to a sort of more classic design is probably by pleasing the super fans, and I don't think you're going to really upset anybody along the way, um, unless there's some sort of major backtracking like if they really evolved as a design in a new way and mm-hmm. um 
to talk about Alien, um, the designs differing from movies, that's sort of what I look at the uh, Velociraptors in the franchise, because we always get all these sort of subversions of the Velociraptor, and I'm always excited to be like, oh, what will the new Raptor design look like? Right. Um, that was like one of the big points of discussion leading up into Jurassic World, Jurassic Park 4, is what will the new Raptors look like? Because that's like the one thing that you could always bank on having a unique design. Oh, yeah. Um, and I love it. I love it. That's something that I always look forward to. Um, so I, it's not, I don't know, I guess there are certain designs, certain sort of background dinosaurs, background featured dinosaurs that necessarily, I don't think they fully support a rotating design of subtle but similar changes, um, like the Brachiosaur. It just, it's sort of, un, it's almost like Uncanny Valley. It's almost like Uncanny Valley of a Jurassic Park Brachiosaurus, if that makes sense. Like, mm. it's close, but it's not quite there. Because your brain's trying to see it as, at least for me, I'm trying to see it as a Jurassic Park Brachiosaurus, and I'm kind of going, but like, why does it look so funky? Um, and it's a small thing. But I, I think that that's sort of the differentiation I have in my mind between that and something like Velociraptors getting new designs um, yeah. moving the movie. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's it, like, and when I just saw a Brachiosaurus, I was like, hell yes. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I, I could kind of tell immediately I got that, excited. It was, that it was a little different, but I mean, I just don't care. I mean... That, that it, was, um, when I saw the trailer for the first time, when I saw that, I was like, yes, this is cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks way better than Jurassic Park 3 subspecies, whatever. I mean, it, this is the articulation in the neck and everything, even though it, it, it looks, and the color it looks great. I mean, it does look kind the of like a popo, uh design, but I mean, the popo design was based off of the original, so I mean... There's elements there, and that's what I. That's all I care about. It's like, hey, you threw in elements. It's a brachiosaurus. Thank you. And you know, and and uh, to kind of just throw in my two cents about the trailer overall. Like I thought, uh, you know, that's kind of how I be felt. Be candid. Be candid. Uh, that's kind of how I felt. Really about the whole thing. It's like it's like. Uh, I don't think we saw the whole movie. I'm not one of those. Well, yeah. that's, that's because I just, you know. Because you know, it's because you it's know better. I know things, you guys. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> but I, it's it's not the whole movie. And then, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm so excited that Bayona's got the helm of this. And the tone and the and, and, and the style of it I thought was great. Um, you yes. like the tone? Because, I, like. I thought or... the, whatever, I'm definitely one of those the, that the, uh, um, the 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 two minute long whatever the preview that we had that had the extra scenes. Oh, the um the behind the scenes feature. Yeah, I mean that definitely that should fantastic. have been the trailer. That that was fantastic. That, yeah, honestly, uh, that was really really good. The behind the scenes feature was, I I really loved everything that they showed there, and some of it was really unique and different for Jurassic Park. And it's mm -hmm. funny because it goes to show you you can really do some new things with Jurassic Park with it still feeling like Jurassic Park. I mean, you had Owen walking through a mansion firing some sort of like assault rifle automatic weapon and yet it somehow still felt Jurassic Park more so than people running around on the on the island with dinosaurs on it in some of the scenes and I find that really fascinating that it really it comes down to sort of tone and content um, and delivery of yeah. content I mean there's Here's the thing, guys. Is it's going to be I mean the movie's going to be stuffed. You got a volcano, you've got um a pretty r heavy subplot or yeah subplot slash main plot slash second half plot slash 
uh, Indoraptors. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got it's. I mean, people are going to say it's the Lost World 2.0 meets. Um, God, I don't know. Uh, just a, a a good Bayona horror, hopefully, because if if he brings the scare tactic back in any way, um, that's the thing. The only thing that I felt was lacking in Jurassic World, and so. Um, my my trailer or my my trailer reaction is very mixed. I was I was pretty psyched to see some <laughs> stuff, but at the same time, I'm kind of one of those where it's like Bryce and Chris like enough already. And starting off, you know, like you know, I I I I hope that the character development in this movie changes this for me because I'm only going off Jurassic World. And the cheese ball that was kind of it was that. a little too much. Mm-hmm. I let's let's uh, let's get something straight. I love me some Chris Pratt. I love Chris Pratt, uh, and I love Bryce Dallas Howard. It was just the dynamic between the two and their characters in Jurassic World. I thought was just a little over the top and kind of. I don't. It's not I'm necessarily not here. that they lacked chemistry entirely, but I do feel like their chemistry together wasn't as good as it should have been. But also, a lot of it comes down to just the delivery and like sort of. I mean you know sort of the way they wrote it to be honest with you it's not necessary it lacked subtlety there were parts i mean i mean i'm i'm only gonna say i'm not getting gonna get into this but i mean like i'm if if anybody like remembers like the different ways that owen said they're dinosaurs wow enough and the yeah. first version that was like or the, the the one that was in the trailer and the way that he delivered that was so much better than i the know i don't know why they changed that than the one that's in the like little things like that like those are like maybe silly details to some, but those are enough that like make me go like, oh, the way he said that, like that shit's real. Like yeah, like, yeah. Like well, not not the dinosaurs. Wow, enough. Like what did you just what did you say? Like what did he did he mumble just now? Or <laughs> there was no there was no emphasis put on. There's like sort of no emotion in the take that they did. And what's interesting is I think they over emoted some of the scenes that should have maybe had something a little bit more of a subtle delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes they had a little bit more of a cartoony uh, comic book style reading of the way humans interact um, as yeah. opposed to Jurassic Park's subtle and realism I mean you have a sort of a romance plot but not really a plot but you have a you know Alan Grant and Nellie Sattler the movie <gasps> never really it, it just it's just such a really mature and dynamic relationship that they have um, and even when uh Malcolm kind of tries to swoop in. The movie doesn't make a big joke about it. It doesn't call your attention to it. It just it's real and it's human and it feels natural and everyone acts like mature goddamn adults about it. Um yeah. and in Jurassic World, you know, it would be like it would be like a one-liner and it would call its attention to it if they did that again. And it would, you know, or like the friend zone scene with uh, Lowry, uh just like it's funny. It totally takes me out of the movie. If it were in its own movie, it's well directed. It's well written. It's totally in the wrong movie and in the wrong part of that movie as well because we just had this really tense scene. There was no reason to break up the tension that was building with that scene. And yeah. that really added nothing to the movie other than some cheap laughs at Lowry's expense. I'll say this, though. Because, like, <clears throat> I mean, we were talking about Ellie, like, Laura Dern, my girl. I have such a more, like, f- fondness for her this year. I mean, it's, I've always loved Laura. Um but especially seeing her in Star Wars, I'm like, God, I yeah, thought she it's, was it's so cool to see her in Star Wars. Um, she's the queen. Uh, I mean, I, I, Laura, I hope she comes back. But 
Sam. Yeah, the, the way that she delivered in Jurassic Park could be like subtle and kind of like funny and like kind of whimsical, but then like I mean, she got serious, and uh, I think we're going to maybe see a little bit more of that in Bryce in this one. I'm excited to see Daniela. Um, honestly, the the girl power that's going to be in this movie, uh, and then Lockwood's. Uh, um, is it Malcolm's widow or Mal- or Lockwood's wife? Oh, we don't. Uh, honestly, we have no idea. Are you talking about um, Geraldine Chaplin? Yeah, who is she? Honestly, there's we we have no idea. Like, there's not even an, we don't even have an insider it's, scoop on that. It's like, we have no idea. And it's actor. It's it's actors like that, actresses like that, and actors like even um, uh, uh, Lockwood James. What's his face? Uh, um, oh, jeez, uh, uh, James Crowley. No, uh, Lockwood. Sure. Anyway, like just him, he, that actor. <laughs> seeing him in the behind the scenes, like I mean, there's there's a, I think a groundness that that we saw flashes of in Jurassic World too that, um, is going to be like that. You know, like they've been saying this whole time, it's going to be scary and it can still be big and scary and have all this stuff meshed into or mashed into it. Like I said, man, James just, Cromwell. James Cromwell. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I'm just excited Bayona's got a, got the helm, and um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to see, especially I'm really excited to see the new char- characters, like you said, like uh, Daniela Pineda, uh, uh, Zia Rodriguez is her character, or... Uh, Even Justin Eli- Smith, like... Yeah. I... Uh, it, it, yeah, the, like I can kind of see his character. He's already kind of like the like kind of a bumbling nerd, and um, you know he might be that Lowry in this movie, and I'm kind of excited to see that. Um, I just hope that the uh, delivery is a little bit more subtle than um, the way Lowry was, or the way that that high pitched scream with the baryonic scene. Sort of. <laughs> I love that though, man. I thought that was funny. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Don't get me wrong. I got to laugh, but I know it's gonna bug me in the movie. You know what I mean? Like in the grander picture of things, like. Yeah, I, I mean that, sound, you, that seems you, like a better gag. That seems like a ba- better gag take that would be on the Blu-ray rather than like a uh, actual theatrical take. If that sort of makes yeah. sense. Like I like Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is such a unique movie uh, in terms of its tone and delivery, um, but also its adventurous content. And um, Jurassic World sort of brings it back to like the way a lot of other Hollywood black blockbusters are depicted. So things like that those gags like i can kind of live without them like i'd rather go go back to the more subtle delivery of things you know i think personally i think honestly what it boils down to man is like my generation i mean i'm only i know if just like a few years well i know i'm not that old old much older <laughs> than you but like uh you know when I, I when i speak of 90s movies in general i mean i was a kid in the 90s and 90s movies especially like pre-97 uh like you, th- like you look at Jumanji, you look at Jurassic Park. Like they're all considered kids movies, but like, man, there are some dark kids movies when you look at it. And I'm, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, it never scarred me, and it, honestly, it kind of it grounded me, I think, at an earlier age than some of the movies do now, because you know you can still keep it slightly cheeseball, but then like had add a little scare factor. I don't know. Would and, you call Twister a kid's movie? Because I feel like Jurassic Park was sort of made uh, in more like the vein of Twister or something. Twister is a blockbuster movie. Summer blockbuster movie. Yeah, and, I would call Jurassic a Park movie. a summer blockbuster rather than a kid's movie. I think it's more of a movie that families can enjoy, okay, but yeah, I, I don't, don't think it was made for kids the way like Jumanji was, where Jumanji was like a kid's block... I, sorry, I'm just... I, was I don't... Okay, I don't, I don't... I don't... Okay, sorry. Yeah, I take that. I don't mean it in the sense of like PG or like this was... You 
you know, we're back a dinosaur story. Um, what I meant to say was like when you when Crichton uh, and Spielberg even admitted to like the underlying kind of mm, one of the underlying messages or, or, or tones of the Jurassic franchise is it's kind of essentially made for kids because we all have that internal awe. Uh, awe that stemmed from our youth, you know, and, and uh, the movie Spielberg at least intended it to be kind of for kids, but still add that scare factor. And like, no matter how scary we want it to be, it's still going to be kind of made in the end for uh, the youth, but you don't have to add a cheat, like too much of a cheese ball factor. And I think, I think Bayona, hopefully fingers crossed, um, he does a great job of adding emotion. Holy shit. Does he do a great job of adding emotion to his scenes? Um, so if there's a balance of like, you know, sure. Give me some of that cheese, but then you scare me in the, in the next few minutes and give me some of that. I'm like, great. You just like, you tugged at all of my emotions and that's what a movie kind of should do. Or at least a movie like that. Yeah, I, I get that. I just, I do kind of hope maybe it goes back to a sort of more Jurassic Park delivery where things were just handled a little bit more, sub with a little bit more subtlety. Um, jokes weren't necessarily called out as much. Um, but, you know. Oh, no, man. You have, you have, well, first you have Chris Pratt. So that's not, I mean, he's kind of a little more serious, yes, but like, um, that's just how movies are kind of made now, man. I mean, there's, there's that, it's kind of that, the the Nolan versus the or like the DC versus the Marvel like you you can't have mm, that's a bad comparison it's it's uh, movies now have that cheeseball kind of factor to blockbusters them. do blockbusters I mean, do because studios because it's the, easier to make a general audience digest it because to make a general audience digest a more subtle and serious movie the movie needs to be goddamn good the way Jurassic Park was. Um, because otherwise it just kind of comes off a little bit dry, I think. So I mm -hmm. think that interjecting the sort of really kind of punchy humor and cheese is an easy way to elicit an emotional reaction. It's, you know... Yeah. I think it's easier to kind of make a less clever movie more enjoyable with those types of elements. Yeah. But I mean, it's... I mean, dude, I have... Like I said, I have faith. We should... But I'm not yeah, there's a lot to talk about. We should um, yeah, branch off. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, but that was sort of the more, I think, the discussion that needed to happen about the trailer, anyhow. It was yeah, natural, I mean... It was an actual discussion. Look, I think, yeah, I think there's going to be... I think there's going to be... I think it's going to be better than Jurassic World. I mean, and that gets me excited. I think Blue looks great. Yeah, oh my god, Blue um, looks fantastic. She's lost some weight, girl. You done some... You done <laughs> she's some, shorter... I mean, you got off that 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 human fed diet and you know that pork all that you're eating too much bacon and she went <laughs> she back she looks like a velociraptor now yes. like a Jurassic Park velociraptor which is cool um uh -huh. like you know i don't know it, it she just, looks good even the way she moves man like it feels so much more velociraptor oh, man. like do you think she, they've gone back she, to keyframe animation rather than on mocap uh probably a mix uh I mean, because we know that they're doing... I mean, not with that scene, obviously. That was too quick. I mean, her jumping on the on the uh, Jeep, that's too fast and too fluid for it to be any sort of motion cap. Yeah. Um, 
that she's so violent and fast in that and that's I mean that's jerky and it kind of reminds me of the Lost World those raptors in that movie were so um wild they were so wild man they they were quick they were tiny they were aggressive and they were scary yeah I mean the way when I saw that I thought yes that's what I was hoping for uh you know they were all too fat and chunky and chubby and you know good riddance (laughs) <laughs> yeah um, I, I really like I don't know everything I've seen there I love and the you know the volcano thing it's like uh, it's cool <laughs> let's see what happens I, guess. <laughs> like we're gonna I think a volcano island. in Jurassic Park is such a cool idea I just hope the execution's there because I think honestly the idea is fantastic yeah I mean it makes sense and I mean it's been alluded to in the books at least and uh, thermal heating you know that's been mentioned uh, I don't know if uh, geothermal been, geothermal, geothermal um and that's what the pipes are in the Lost World. I've mentioned that before. If you yeah. uh, check back in some of our previous episodes, um, oh god, I don't even know what episode. That was <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But the the large pipes in the village, those are the geothermal uh, piping. So it's definitely. I mean, it makes. We sense. should do an article about that. Like that would be a cool article that people would enjoy reading about. Sort of like the, the references, hints. the references of volcan- volcanic ac- activity in both the movies and the books. Mm-hmm. So that it can kind of tie the canon together for those that are interest, interested in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been alluded to. But uh, So what haven't we... I mean, it's been just a month of toys. It really it really has. Um, and it's about to get even more interesting once New York Toy Fair rolls around. But uh, yep. we'll talk, talk about that when we close out the article, a little article um, podcast. Um, and then, uh, so I mean, Evolution's we, coming out. Yeah, there's a there's been like a tiny little tease with some additional footage um, from IGN, where it included the um, oh, what dinosaurs did it include? I think it had an Edmontosaurus. Yes, the Edmontosaurus, which is cool because it's based off of the uh, Jurassic World website design. Mm-hmm. Even though that wasn't official movie art, they decided to embrace it, and honestly, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, Ceratosaurus um, looks the same as JP three, which is awesome. Yeah, and. Uh... Then, and then you've got this weird freaking <laughs> looking I call it a Dynanicus if you will, but uh, it, that's not my Dynanicus hashtag, not looks my like, Dynanicus. Looks like something Guillermo de Toro would design. Um, no. And in, that, and in that right it looks cool, it just doesn't look like it should be in a Jurassic Park video game. That looks like something sci-fi would make for Carnotaur 16. Oh, fair, fair. I guess I'm looking at that thing on its head and thinking of Pacific Rim. It's kind of. I, I could see that being a skull for a kaiju or something. First of all, the skull is way off. The if, so if anybody knows, the Velociraptor design is based off, actually off of a Dinonychus, like a real Dinonychus. So when you're looking at a Velociraptor, essentially you're looking at a di- in the movies you're looking at a Dinonychus without feathers, and who's? I mean, sure, it could have had a frill, but I mean the skull is just. Ugh, and the yeah. eye placement is ugh. the eye is weird. I removed I removed the crest off of its head, and then I'm like, oh god. <laughs> when I saw what it looked like, it's, I'm like, hey, maybe not. It's like one of those poop, like the, one of those squeezy things that you see at the gas station where you <laughs> its eyeball or poop comes out the the plastic. I mean, it's like somebody squeezed that thing's um, neck and its eyeballs popping. <laughs> out. It's, they seem like they're at the wrong spot of the skull. Um, you know what? I really like the color though take the weird design out of it yeah. i really do like the color and the pattern i mean it's, it's subtle but it's the game, the in, i mean i know it's in-game footage but i mean even though even if we're gonna i mean we'll get we're gonna get a dumbed down version of it regardless 
still, it's it's way beyond any sort of Jurassic Park game that we've had before. Oh, I'm pretty sure this is what it'll look like on PC. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it might, yeah. I mean, I've seen some real differences. So, with with uh, who... Wait, who's developing this again? Frontier. And I've looked at some of their um, other games and sort of their, in, like their close-up camera mode. And honestly, the quality of the content's pretty strong. So, I definitely believe that this is what it looks like in-game. And oh, with wait, a good did, PC... Did... They did Park Builder or Coaster and that stuff too? Yeah, yeah. Okay, then yes. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, if yeah, anything, I, I would say great. the colors are a little washed out. Um, but that's how they were in JP? I guess. I they mean, look a little, they look, it reminds me a little bit of the color palette of um, Jurassic Park 3, actually. Yeah, I mean, and we're getting that red raptor that we were kind of in <laughs> Jurassic. That's true. World, um, but. but yeah, no, the game looks fantastic. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. I imagine we're gonna, going to get more news about it soon. Um, yeah, I feel like the Dinonychus, the design is a little weak, a little funky. But we also mm-hmm. know that um, from what we understand about the game, you get to mix, or not mix the DNA, but alter the DNA of dinosaurs to kind oh. of affect their design. So, that's so that maybe... Maybe this isn't the base level of the dinosaur. Maybe this is sort of its like sort of funky, topped out sure. version of the design. Then that's cool. I mean, I I didn't th- I didn't factor that in because I forgot about that. But I yeah. feel like it's unlikely because it would kind of be a weird way to first show off the dinosaur by showing off its sort of funky version. Yeah. But you know, it might be a way to show, hey, we've got some weird dinosaurs in this game. And if that is the case, I I do kind of I can kind of take it a lot more because. Being able to have a normal looking Dinonychus and then turn it into that would be pretty fun. As long as they have <laughs> the uh, Carnotaurus, um, I think every dinosaur from Fallen Kingdom will be in the game. I think that's that, safe. That Carnotaurus looks perfect. Dank Lache. I that, that Empire image. Holy crap! That got it, me hyped. I, I, yeah, no, it looks really good. I mean, it is the way I always imagine a Jurassic Park Carnotaurus to look like? Exactly. Um, Exactly, and it, it, this reminds me of when they released the image with Chris underneath the jeep and the teeth, and everybody's like, "Is that real?" Because yeah, I wouldn't say it's that good, but it is definitely good. Oh yeah, I was gonna say it's. You can tell obviously that it's CGI, but I mean, it's also early CGI, and mm-hmm. that looks good. That looks yeah, good. I really like the design of it. I bet you it's going to make a really cool looking toy. Um, hopefully, oh, New York sure. Toy Fair answers that question show for show um but yeah no i really do like the look of that so yeah uh they really didn't add much new with they put that image out but there was some interest uh that came from empire and uh j.a bayona mentioned some interesting things in that article um the first thing is is he said they're opening the movie with a massive action piece that almost feels like a james bond prologue Mm-hmm. Um, which is really interesting that sounds like they're going to have uh, you know a lot of people complain that Jurassic World did not start out with an inciting incident the way the other movies have so well, it it's like interesting they're... that he said that in the I mean he referred it to a, a Bond-esque uh, type intro but it's it's interesting that he didn't refer to it like a typical Jurassic Park intro because that's like you just said we were lacking that in Jurassic World but Jurassic Park has always had uh you know, some sort of incident. Intro, yeah. You know, so this one, he just, it sounds like maybe might be on a little bit more grander scale. Uh, yeah, grander scale. Yeah. What like do you think it might be, Chris? 
I don't know. James Bond prologue makes me think of almost like corporate espionage or some sort of like get in, get out type of situation. You well, know what I mean? Like people I, trying to get into a place they're not supposed to be is basically, I imagine, an action scene with people trying to get in and get out of something. Um, yeah, I mean, I... <clears throat> I definitely know in previous podcasts we have talked about what the intro is basically like what the overall kind of subplot is um but for spoiler's sake and just because we have always I said, don't think like, we, I don't think we have I think we did it all when we weren't recording Oh I can probably find the podcast I don't think we did yeah I think that um I think that we left that unsaid because they dropped it it leaked No but we never talked about it mm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to go back now. Damn it, Chris! Now you're making me listen to our own podcasts. <laughs> I'm almost certain it. we never. We but I'm not sure. <clears throat> We've I'm been very careful. Um, I'm well, you can say maybe one item you think it involves. Everybody knows, man. I mean, everybody knows. Everybody do, knows. Do they though? Every, everybody who listened to this listens to this. I, I I don't I don't know about that. I don't think everybody knows. I mean, you can say one item you think it involves. How's that sound? Water. <laughs> a bold guess, Ryan. A bold guess. Water. Um. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to really see though how like exactly what he means by that and how it's delivered and why is he um, likening it to James Bond? Is it the way that he filmed it? I'm, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be really interesting to see. Um. I mean, from there. Oh, good. No, I was gonna. I, yeah, I just think I can almost see it like. You know how Ant-Man was really successful as a heist movie? Yes. I mean, I think that's kind of basically what we're probably, maybe, we might see. Like a tiny little heist, like a five-minute heist prologue? Mm-hmm. But, but are with we, dinosaurs? Are, are we going to see some, like, that'd be funny if InGen has, like, you know, they're not just a genetics company, but they have, like, these gadgets. They're also, technology. <laughs> you know, they're technology. Or, well, I don't know, maybe it's Mr. Ronnie, or I don't know, whoever, whichever company, you know, it's technology, so it's like they have these cool little gadgets, and... Um, I mean... They had really cool dinosaur capture gear in the Lost World. If you think would, about, yeah, I was just gonna say, I would love to see a return of stuff like that. To be honest with you, for a toy's sake, it'd be like, oh, look at this cool technology that we've, you know, uh, oh, what are you trying to do? You're trying to take the dinosaurs somewhere? Like, oh, you can't do that. It's okay. We've developed these su- super awesome dinosaur weapons, and <laughs> you know, but it's also like they have this technology and stuff. Like, oh, we're not gonna let the Irex incident happen again. Tracking device, Pfft, thing of the past. We got satellite tracking, and you know, like you know, like, <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. And then just have kind of dinosaur protection gear and dinosaur capture gear, like the way the Lost World did it, but then involving some of maybe Jurassic World's more zanier concepts, like the gyrospheres. I, I mean, I don't want to see a dino captured gyrosphere, though. No, uh, no. You know, I mean, I'll just be honest. Gyro- gyrospheres are not interesting to watch on screen. Like, I think that they're a cool idea. But they're like less cool to watch than they are as an idea. Well, you're gonna be sure as shit happy that you're in a gyrosphere once once you plunge off of a cliff into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. I feel like I, those things are not nearly as nearly as strong as they need to be, considering I, like they were uh, around like the sauropods, walk, like the apatosaurs walking around, and the Indominus broke it like it was nothing. Imagine if one of them stepped on the thing. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think that. I mean. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like they were designed to roam around, in, you know, amongst th- theropods and 
Like, I get it. Spike. Like, if a Triceratops charged it, it would probably be okay because it wouldn't have enough resistance for the horn to, like, breach. It would just go flying, which is its mm-hmm. own horror show. Um, but, it, like, if it got stepped on by an Apatosaur, like, all bets are off, man. Yeah, I don't know how that how they how they plan for that. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe my my sort of headcanon for that scene is remember how they're given those um special wristbands or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they were given manual control over the gyrosphere, and maybe there was like sort of like an invisible fence system where the gyrosphere wouldn't let uh, guests get close to the di- that close to the dinosaurs, and it would take over. And well, maybe they're like full-on control wristbands allow them to drive like right next to the dinosaurs I, rather I, than I, I dig that idea but I'm going to take you a step further because I actually thought about this initially and you just reminded me um, oh did you Ryan yes I have always Stealing thought my this ideas. I've ahead. always thought this I thought this before you did it and everyone else even before the writers <laughs> uh, so I'm assuming all of the dinosaurs have some sort of tracking device or chip within them located in case of you know whatever um, I almost consider the or considered the uh, the gyrosphere is, I guess that you know they can manually control it, but it's like an iRobot or a Roomba. You know, if you if it comes in contact, you know, has a sensor or whatever, and it just kind of goes the other direction. Yeah, the invisible fence is essentially each dinosaur, and so it won't allow you to come in with a certain amount of yeah. feet. You know, it'll automatically exactly. turn away. Um, I could see that. I mean, that's obviously a feature that they'd probably throw in. Yeah, and honestly, it's like little things like that that I would have loved to see Jurassic World actually acknowledge because it's like those little elements of world building that I feel like Jurassic Park did such a good job with that um, Jurassic World, it doesn't like necessarily make or break a film, but it certainly adds to that sense of like a real world with real roles and real sort of lived-in scenarios, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, definitely, um, definitely. So that, that's why like I buy the volcano on Isla Nublar, but in Fallen Kingdom, like I really hope that they expl- like kind of like they don't just go, the volcano's exploding. Like, I hope they kind of talk a little bit about, like, the history of the volcano and engine and maybe geothermal power and have a reason for it erupting. Like, just a little bit of that because it not only helps, like, logically ground the plot and people go, okay, yeah, that makes sense, but it also builds the world up and gives uh, a little bit more depth to maybe the science behind everything and possibly opens up new opportunities in the future. Yeah, I mean, if you think about how the park was ran on geothermal energy, I mean, they and Masrani I mean, Global you, is an energy you, company. You got to tap, you got to tap into. Yeah. Tap, I mean, you got to tap into that system, and as we've seen, kind of in the baryonic scene, uh, <clears throat> I mean, unless the lava is just going over buildings, I'm assuming that's underground or located within a mountainside or something like that. Uh, you've, I mean, you're, you're, you're. It's like fracking. You're, you're essentially. Destabilizing, destabilizing uh, what was currently a stable system. Uh, so they might have said like, "Oh yeah, well we had geothermists and and uh, uh, geologists come out and they said that the that the island was fine." But then it's like, "Well yeah, it was fine until you tapped a bunch of pipes and, and cords then, and things into it and then made it, you know, ex- destabilize." Exactly. And maybe as they actually ran the park and operated it, everything was fine. But now that the park's been abandoned for four years, maybe yeah. pressure has built up. Not everything's venting the way it should be because the systems are no longer running. It's no longer a natural system, and it required man-made assistance. And then yeah. what happens is the pressure builds up, and eventually the dormant volcano blows its top. Um, but yeah, on yeah, top yeah. of that, you get exactly. like pyroclastic flows. You get actual lava flows. Um, you sort of get all those different types of uh, volcanic attributes that normally are only isolated to be one or the other. 
you have all of them happening because of man's intervention. And mm-hmm. basically, they tried to harness the power of nature. They tried to control nature, and boom, it eventually created like such a situation that it spiraled out of control, and it kind just, of yeah, just another yeah. I, uh, example of chaos theory. And exactly, and, it's, it fits the themes of Jurassic Park so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, man-made issue could have been, you know, but you caused this. Like each it, thing that you do causes a natural cause you know, and effect. Yeah, and that is something that I really, really hope is actually in this movie because that is so Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, those sort of subplots and where everything sort of leads into it, and it really comes down to. Uh, Mankind really trying to control a situation and thinking they know best. Um, I think that would be such a cool addition to the lore. And also, it would just be cool because Mizrani Global was a uh, energy company. It would be yeah. cool to find out, like, hey, they found out Engine did geothermal power and they took it to the next level and they used Jurassic World. It wasn't always necessarily about the dinosaurs. Maybe that was a side project. Maybe it was them beta testing geothermal power to bring it to a global market eventually. You know, yeah, like yeah, I mean, there's all like, of these different sub, you know, sub projects going on on the island. I buy that a lot could... more than Velociraptors for the military. Yeah, I mean, it could have definitely been one of their other side projects. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I'm okay. I mean, it's sad that it's Nublar, but I'm okay because you know this might present us an opportunity. I don't know if we'll ever go back to the islands based off the story, but you know, you still got uh, Sorna and. You know, the game, even Evolution, is going to, you know, we're going to be able to play on the different islands and kind of be able to expand uh, into that realm as well. And then, like we said earlier, like we've got only really now in the past month just all these different uh, merchandise toy ideas. And i got to say, dude, like I've never really been a Pops fan before, but... I've always thought they were cute. I've never bought them. I'm like, no, oh, those I, are cool. I, I, if, I, I always would say, man, if they did Jurassic Park, I'd be broke. Yeah, I have one pop figure on my desk, and it's because it's uh, it's the sloth from um, Zootopia, and it's because a coworker <laughs> gave it to me, and I just have it on there. But n- I never bought a pop. I got a buddy who has like just a ton of DC and Marvel ones, but I, I don't know which Jurassic Park pop I want first, man. Like, which one? I'm like, I, where do I... Where do I put this? Where am I going to put Malcolm? Like, laying broken legs. Sexy Malcolm. Sexy Malcolm. Sexy Malcolm. <laughs> is genius. That is going to be a top seller. Oh my God. Are they yeah. going to make so much money on Target? That? I can't believe Target uh, nailed that as an, as an exclusive. You can't that... believe it? They are. Target's the smartest freaking company in the world. <laughs> no, I know. Like, I'm just like, kidding. Like, but they, I love Target. They, I can't of course believe they, have. they managed to get that as an exclusive because that's such a uh, that's going to be such a sought after figure. Like it would have done fantastic in this the normal line. So putting that as an exclusive, that's just intense, man. Like it's that's going to be one. I don't know general pop collecting, but I do know Jurassic Park collecting to a degree, and I know that uh, fans of the classic Jurassic Park movie haven't had anything like this to collect. No. So it's going to be, it's basically going to be cutthroat between pop collectors trying to get it because they just collect pops. Yep. And then Jurassic Park collectors trying, I mean, man, it's going to, that's going to be a sought after item. The Dilophosaurus, I think, is like definitely number one. Uh, or Sexy Malcolm and Dilophosaurus is kind of a tie. And then I kind of dig, you know, little yellow eyed raptor. Um, uh, it's nightmare fuel with those eyes, but I yeah. do like it. I mean, it uh, looks like. Someone on Twitter said it looks like a demon from hell, and I definitely agree. Like, it is terrifying, but I like it. I love it's it. interesting that they just didn't go with, like, the normal black, but, black you know, eyes. they change it up every now and again, and, I mean, it's, I, I dig it. Uh, I'm kind of glad they actually did change it up, you know, with the Velociraptor compared to everything else that they do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, it's going to be cool if we see, like, uh, 
uh, I know Jack's going to be like, oh man, I want that Lost World, Malcolm, and um, <laughs> I want you know, like uh, if we get like a Nick Van, like a Lost World series, like Nick Van Owen, and um, you know, those are characters that I think Nick, we could Nick eventually Van see. see and uh, I just, dude, it's cool. I it was almost funny too because when they came, when the announcement came, I'm like, wait. There's not Jurassic Park pop toys already? Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of nuts because I think Hasbro had the master license and they didn't like basically sublease to um, Funko. They probably wanted to hold that ex- like that exclusive area in case they ever wanted to make like mm-hmm. little mini statues or whatever they would be. So I'm so glad that apparently, I am assuming Mattel holding the master license were probably the ones that cut a deal with Funko to let this happen. I'm so glad that th- that, that, that did happen. Um, yeah, yeah. These are great. I mean, the whole I'm gonna have to get the whole line of these. Like, there's no question about it. <laughs> I mean, Grant, Malcolm, Sexy Malcolm, John Hammond, Nedry, uh, the dinosaurs, Ellie in the Jeep. I'm a bit mm-hmm. bummed Ellie did not get her own uh, figure. I hope that maybe a she wave will. two. I'm hoping a wave two Jurassic Park fixes that, and also wave two could have like Muldoon, Ray Arnold, Doctor Wu, Tim and Tim, Lex. Tim, Lex. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll definitely get other ones. Uh, this will do well. Uh, this will do really well. So I've got a little bit of a thing. Uh, oh, do you want to really? know what the Jurassic World pups are? Uh, sort of, because I don't know exactly. But yeah. I know. Uh, so there's Owen. Wait, is this Jurassic World or like Jurassic World? Oh, 2 oh I should say Fallen Kingdom. Fallen okay. Kingdom pups. Um, they're coming out in June. There's going to be Owen. There's going to be Blue. And in parentheses, it says new sculpt, which I assume means it's not just going to be a straight-up repaint of the Velociraptor. If I had to take a guess, they'll close her mouth for Blue. Um, So they'll close it so she looks a little less scary because, you know, Blue's supposed to be a hero dinosaur this time. Mm -hmm. Then there's one dinosaur called the Naughty Dinosaur. Indo. Um, Yeah. And then there's one dinosaur called the Nice Dinosaur. Um, If I had to guess, maybe Stigamolic. Nice Dinosaur. Because it's the new herbivore. So I think Stiggy Moloch would make sense. Because Naughty and Nice, they're just making a little joke with it by not naming them. Nice. Uh, it will get it will get the real name. It will get the real name once the thing comes out. And that um, that that I mean the only that's funny because the only thing that makes me think of is Dilophosaurus because Nedry calls him a nice dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna be a new dinosaur. Because like, they weren't allowed to put the name on the early listings. Dude, watch at the very end, like we don't get we don't get Dilophosaurus, but then all of a sudden, an adult Dilophosaurus comes busting through. And I'm like, telling you, man, the Dilophosaurus ba- in Jurassic Park—that's an adult. I'm telling you, I'm putting my foot down. That's an adult in the Jurassic Park universe. The wait, the uh, the hologram? No, no, in Jurassic Park, the, the size of the Dilo—that's not a juvenile. That's an adult. Then why it's would Nedry say you're not so bad? You're not like your bigger brothers. He's talking about this, all the dinosaurs on the island. He doesn't know his dinosaur species. He just meant, like, you're not so bad. You're not like the Velociraptors. He's just kind of, like, kidding them all together. Because even Spielberg said... What? You are changing my universe. Do not take this away from me. Yeah, no, I that's have... not a juvenile. I mean, it could. they could They could certainly make it one if they wanted to. But, uh, no, the reason why they did the Dilophosaurus that size is because they just wanted the dinosaurs... They wanted something smaller than a raptor to be a threat. So they changed the canonical size of the Dilophosaurus in the, in the movie. They made the Dilophosaurus small. Oh my Park. god, I thought Brothers was literal. No, it was never uh, meant to be literal. I, mean, I need to step away. Ser- I mean, if honestly, like if Colin Trevorrow for Jurassic World 3 decides to make the Dilophosaurus big, 
then you can say, okay, yep, he meant brothers now. But, like, no, that wasn't the actual intent of it. It's been interpreted that way, but the idea was, hey, no, this is the size of Dilophosaurus. Now, some people will say, hey, the Lost World um, canonizes uh, adult Dilophosaurus. I'll dispute that, but that's for another podcast. Because um, it was just a background prop that implied that the uh, Dilophosaurus were bigger. Mm, you know it makes sense if you're I mean look at the size of the one in the hologram in Jurassic World and then look at the maquette that's going to be in the museum or whatever uh, in Fallen Kingdom that's the same size <laughs> what's kind well. of funny is the one in the uh, Jurassic World the hologram wouldn't be the size of the adult Dilophosaur that's implied in the Lost World it's too small but I think they just made it that size to be the same size as the raptor so they yeah it was bigger yeah and then it was bigger but it wasn't as big as like a real adult uh, a real life, like real world adult Dilophosaur. Right. Um, right. Flip flipping it over to the Dil- uh, Dilophosaurus in Lockwood's Manor, the statue. I think that's smaller than the one in the movie um, from JP? Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's tiny. Yeah, it's very tiny, which is kind of cool. Um, but I like. I don't know. I think they're just statues, but I still like to imagine those as being um, early cloning attempts by um, Jurassic, like for Jurassic Park, that mm-hmm. kind of the animals died. And it's like an early version. Like if the uh, Dilophosaurus in Jurassic World, I mean Jurassic Park is like version one, then mm-hmm. like the statue is actually a taxidermy animal of like version 0.7 or something like that. Yeah. Where it was still not viable. It still didn't live to adulthood. And as they stabilized the genome, sort of the look of it changed a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Pointless, pointless subcanon that I would like to hear. Um. But um, besides that, we've got the. I mean, we, I mean, Barbie. That's cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it is cool. I actually am kind of. I'm just glad that, like, uh, you know, because we need to it's have as much content. Yeah. yeah, we need to have as much content. That's, I would say, as as unisex as possible. And the fact that we're going to get a Claire and Prophet, you know, Owen, Barbie, or and and Ken. That's awesome. Um, yeah. No, I mean, pe- I think that's really cool. Pez and uh, Power Wheels, those were kind of cool. Of course, the Power Wheel is something I wish would have came out when. Yeah, I know. The first Tell Jurassic about Park it. came out. Like, I Tell me about it. <laughs> love that thing. The lights on top are sick. Um, people were kind of complaining that it's not entirely accurate. Oh um, the only gosh. thing I really care about is Jeep numbers, to be honest with yes, you. Like, yes, otherwise, get the numbers right, at least. Uh, otherwise, the rest of it, it's just stylist. It's artistic design, yep. like an artistic difference. Just like, even like the Funko Pop Dilophosaurus, it has red crests um, right. instead of like the dark, darkish green uh, black crests. And to me, that doesn't really bother me because I'm assuming that's sort of like an artistic, um, a creative choice there, just to make it look better as a toy. Yeah, I, lo- I mean, I, I love that look. I don't yeah, it, it doesn't look wrong to me. You know what I mean? Like, if it had, like, the completely a completely different color pad- pattern overall, where it didn't, remin- like, look reminiscent to the Jurassic Park Dilophosaurus, mm-hmm. yeah, that would bug me. But, like, with the dinosaurs, you can have a little bit of creative freedom uh, the more cartoony you go with them. Speaking of cartoony, uh, I'm going to skip ahead because the... <laughs> the um... The stuff that's kind of been revealed at the London Toy Fair, those those are briefly, I guess, worth mentioning. But, I mean, it's basically previous dinosaur model kits that you've seen before in every other yeah. store with a Jurassic World, with a Jurassic World logo stamp on it. On it. So, yay! Um, uh, unless it looks different, and that's literally, like, the placeholder product image, and the final one will look more Jurassic Parky. But, yeah. I mean, they're cool. I saw somebody comment yesterday, like, I, I forgot who it was, but whoever you are. Um, you made me laugh because it was like, how 
what you or was like what you think because uh, you're going to take a previously used skeleton uh, toy product that's been around for years and you slap a Jurassic World logo on it that I'm just going to all of a sudden go out and buy it. You're damn right I am. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I probably won't, but it's just like, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, yeah, I get it. It's funny. It would be cool if maybe they end up basing some of them off the Lockwood dinosaur skeletons. So you can make your own little, like, Lockwood mm-hmm. manor. Or do, like, display. the do the uh, the skeletons in the uh, visitor center in Jurassic Park. Oh, that would be cool. That would be very cool, yeah. Um. I mean that I'd be like hell yeah that'd be kind of a cool little statue you know to put on my shelf um, but skipping ahead you've got the you just announced today you want to talk about the uh, creepy nightmarish uh, um... <laughs> the uh, Factor Entertainment just um, announced a new line of um, products called Revos uh, which is short for Revolutionary Vinyls and essentially they're on like a stable but wobbling base and they're sort of like super deformed characters they kind of remind me of um like a late '90s, early 2000s <laughs> toy that would be like in the aisle with like those little uh, what were those like those little finger skateboards? Oh my gosh! Uh, Doesn't this look like something that would be sitting right next to them on the toy aisle? It's <sighs> okay. Let's let's just talk about Grant for a second because the side profile of Malcolm, like that, actually kind of looks good. Like they've yeah, got the I'll, they've I'll they've kind of got like his lips and his nose and everything down. Yeah. But, like. What the hell is up with Grant? Is he crossing <laughs> his fingers on the le- on his left? Is he like, but like his his face? First, it's like they use the same lips as Goldblum, and then his weird bug eye. I I don't know. <laughs> He's creepy looking. Um, but these are early mockups. Um, they're not shipping until quarter three of this year. Okay, well, and, you got uh, some time. You got some time. And these, these are just flat-out renders. Um, so the items that are going to debut at Toy Fair, like the actual physical items, they might look a little bit different anyhow. Um, so this is something that I think that it'll definitely probably have more charm when you see it in person and see the actual physical item as opposed to, like, a render. I sure hope so, man. Um, but, yeah, Grant does sort of stare into your soul. Um, and then the, the raptor gallimimus slash little mini-toe. He, I, I mean that's like a it's a hybrid it's it's weird because it's not stylized enough it just sort of looks like a low detail not accurate raptor you're absolutely um, right though where it like, looks like it should a, be a, it, it should be stylized like they need to find a way to stylize the dinosaur to match because look how stylized those two are and then they're sad yeah um they need to find a way like give it really big feet and a big head and kind of make the head a little cartoony but mean looking um and then, then they've got a winner on their hands. Um, the paint job's interesting. I feel like, again, I'm not really going to call the paint job wrong or right until I see the final item. Um, it seems weird with the to- with the design not being super cartoony and kind of sort of more like a vague interpretation of the Lost World paint job mixed with, like, mm-hmm. the Desert Raptor from, like, the Camo Extreme Hasbro toys. Yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting. I... Uh, they're fun. I think they're fun. I think that uh, I'll like them. I think if I saw them in person, they're about ten bucks. I would definitely buy them. But that's because they're Jurassic Park, and you know, classic Jurassic Park twenty fifth anniversary packaging. I can't really say no to something like that, especially cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hopefully it changes a little bit because I mean, kind of going off these designs, other than the Malcolm one, it's a little happy toy or happy mealish. For they're me. a little creepy. Um, but, but yeah, again. 
I, I realize I'm not the prime, like, although I'm a Jurassic Park fan, I realize I'm not, like, the prime market for, like, that type of collecting. So, I, you know, I know that there is a market for stuff like that, to be fair. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. The other thing they gave us a preview of uh, to exclusively debut um, is the, this I love, man, is the uh, the Velociraptor bottle opener. The oh, Velociraptor yeah. Velociraptor claw bottle mm-hmm. opener. That, that is, is cool. That is so up my alley. It is going to be way too big to properly carry around all the time, but Grant figured out a way, so I will too. Is that your hand? That is not is that, my hand. It's that a, is not my hand. That okay. is one of the designers there. Oh, yeah, they snapped those photos. I think they snapped it just for us, to be honest with you. Uh, are we um, getting some samples? Because we uh, <laughs> uh, need, need to have like a proper party, make sure it works, we, everything like that. We need to plan another Philly trip and get some of these out. And they're, I mean, they're awesome. They're almost <laughs> yeah, I love like, it. They they're almost like like a replica, a gold or sil- is it gold? Rep- uh, like, silver? I don't know. Is it? It might be silver, but it's catching it's like a little a bit of like a bronze-ish kind tint. of. What? It, it's a cool metallic, whatever, whichever yeah. it is, and it's like a um, steel. It's pretty much a replica of what Grant has in his pocket. Yeah. It's not the thick, chunky one that you kind it. of sometimes see, like where you're like, "Whoa, that's a sickle claw!" Like the fat, chunky one you saw in Jurassic Park Three. Like this is the actual kind of bone, and then they like perfectly made a bottle opener on the tip, or not on the I tip, know. on the. It, on the on the uh, jointed side and I mean it looks awesome yeah no I love it this is one of the cooler Jurassic Park products I wonder how they're going to sell it if it's going to get like a little cool piece of packaging or something because I'm probably going to buy one to use and one to like keep that's something I'll collect that's a must Um, for sure and then uh, finally uh, the Jurassic Park uh, sort of the gates uh, which is a really cool like little statue um they debuted, They showed that off at San Diego Comic-Con, and that's an older photo from then. Um, I've been told that they will be debuting sort of like the final prototype, if that makes sense, like a more mm-hmm. refined prototype that's at a New York Toy Fair, and we'll have an idea of price and shipping once they bring it to New York Toy Fair. So I'm really excited to see that developed further and um, cool. find out when I can buy it and for how much, because that's a really nice tabletop piece. I almost want to put it on a cake <laughs> or tie some string to the top and hang it as an ornament on my tree, but I can tell it's bigger than an actual. It, it's yeah, it's bigger than that. I think that um, I remember seeing a close-up photo, and honestly, this is from a YouTube stream and like a lower quality YouTube stream. So sort of the blotchiness is probably from the compression. I think it'll look pretty slick in person. It kind of looks like broccoli's growing out the side for trees, <laughs> but I mean, uh, no, you're I, just hungry. You just want a salad. Wait, I, just, I do no, need some greens in my yeah, life. Yeah, I could use some greens, and I don't mind broccoli, but let me just put it out there. I definitely don't put broccoli on salad, so I don't know why I put those two together. No, no. Yeah, that would be weird. Not, that would be really not my weird. Thing. Give me don't some put arug- broccoli on a salad. That's gross. I like arugula and kale, you know. Something. Oh, you would. No, it, yeah, that is good. No, it is. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I. Um, what it kind of, I mean, all of this boils down to is like, dude, it's the 25th anniversary. Um, We're going to get some cool merchandise. And there's so much merchandise coming. I mean, it's so, not only, I mean, even if it wasn't the 25th, just the fact that Fallen Kingdom, they're learning from, obviously, <clears throat> the success of the first film. So there's going to be so much more. I mean, Mattel, like you had said, maybe branching out some licensing. We're getting... Um, you know, uh, um, aside from Chronicle, the company down in Brazil. Oh, um, uh, Iron, um, I don't know why. Iron Studios. Yes, thank you. Iron um, Studios. Which I saw that statue in person, by the way. It is just goddamn beautiful. Yeah, it looked dope. 
Um, it looked really it's good. so good looking. Uh, it was going to uh, Comic Con Brazil, Comic Con Experience Brazil. Also, was just such a fun time, man. Uh, yeah, out. I had no idea that you were going. I mean, I, I knew, but it was like, hey, I'm going it to all, Brazil. Like, oh, oh okay, bye. So last minute, like it all happened so last minute that um, for, like I had to like I was just running around like a chicken with my head chopped off. I'm like, I've got to make sure I have like I got to go get a visa and I got to make like I made everything. Oh, happen. you didn't have any of that. Uh, no, I had nothing. I made everything, <laughs> like, in less than a month, I made everything happen for travel. Nice. Nice. Um, which just, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it was a really great opportunity. I'm glad that I had it. And, um, I had a ton of fun. Brazil was a lot of fun. I wish I could have experienced more of it. I met some really, really awesome people. Um, I met J.A. Bayona for a moment or two as well, which is yeah, cool. Yeah, that's awesome that you got to, uh, well, you saw both. Trevorrow and Bayona, but you got to yeah, yeah. Bayona, so that's cool. But, um, um... This is, I mean, like, the fact that you, I mean, you went was cool. You got to see not only, like, some of that merchandise, but the trailer, um, you know, dropped before everybody else, so... You're a lucky bastard, as usual. I mean, you always <laughs> get the cool stuff. That's why people hate you. But there's so much JP stuff, like, you know, in the works, and I'm still talking to you, Universal. You could still work on your marketing a little bit. Um... But the fact that we're just getting more than what we usually see, especially even when a movie comes out, um, that's exciting. They need to work on a, a steady flow of sustainable content and sort of expanding the universe, both in marketing and in and in canon. Um, um, I, I think that that is sort of the flow that they need to get into, the workflow there. The thing I was going to tell you about earlier, uh, so... Uh, real quick, just to do a little bit um, self-promotion for myself. Thank you very much. Um, I've kind of taken a, a big step away from not so much outposts, but like, you know, I had a baby. Um, uh, well, my wife did. I didn't actually. That wasn't me. Um, but we <laughs> had a baby. Taking credit for everything, Ryan. And um, really trying to focus more on the art, my art, and um, focusing on freelancing and... and um, also my job as a graphic designer and uh, talking with a lot of people in the industry I've there's a lot of fans of Bayona but I've kind of seen um, or asked you know because I'm, I'm totally into the alternative poster movement right now um, I definitely tweet and talk more about that uh, more than I do Jurassic Park these days and it's interesting because I've I've wanted to kind of get people's takes as to you know like you think we might see alternative posters for Jurassic Park or because but last year <clears throat> or was it 2015 that we had all of the Mondo releases um, or was it earlier than that um, no the Mondo releases or you're talking about the Jurassic World ones they came out after the movie but there was the uh, the Mark Engler piece before the movie well there was Engler but I'm talking about like uh, uh, um I mean, there was the one, you know, the Muldoon piece, and the, oh, some of them were before the, some the Frank Van piece, and um, a lot of people within the industry who did their own through Mondo. I just can't remember who did it, but the fact of the matter is, like, I was so stoked to see alternative posters made, and I think that um, you know a lot of the hype that builds around a movie kind of translates into that. Um, when Blade Runner came out, there was so much art that came out for it that. Um, honestly that got me really hyped about the movie and I would uh, I think we've talked about it a little bit but I mean I'm going to do my best to try and do some stuff for Jurassic myself just because A I love drawing dinosaurs but long story short I've asked a lot of people like what are your, you know, what are your thoughts what do you think we're going to see and um, 
it's kind of mixed as to people as to Jurassic World I think kind of tainted uh, just that movie alone kind of tainted um, uh, people within the artist art art industry in the design industry because some of the designs in Jurassic World were a little strange um, so it's interesting to get their point of view as to like um, you know kind of like you know what we bash the movie about essentially design wise is kind of things that they've seen as well um, so I'm hoping that again that'll kind of change with this movie and that you know like we'll, we'll get some hype around it and we'll see some more art because I'm 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 loving all this merchandise but for me I, I want to see more of like the cool fan art and that kind of stuff so um, speak as as like you know uh, uh, an opportunity to speak to the outpost channel I know that there's a lot of people who do um, just like to do their own fan art and I mean we would love I would personally love to see submissions at least between now and the movie of um, you know scenes or or, or or you know your Jurassic your favorite Jurassic moment or just any sort of dinosaur related fan art at, at all like get that yeah. collaborated because if we can kind of build that up and tweet that out and show it out uh, or show that you know um, paleo art is badass and not only that but we want to see just like um maybe possibly more Mark Englert work or, or, or more pros take a stab. Um, Absolutely. You know, Bayona was really receptive uh, with the alternative poster site, um, Poster Spy, to work with the orphanage and I think do... Oh, what did they do? Another one. And I certainly don't want to push the uh, uh, Jack, the owner of the site, to try and get Bayona to, to do Jurassic World or The Fallen Kingdom. But I would love to see something like that. So I think if uh, we yeah. can get, you know, uh, a rally of, of people showing, you know, the hype around this movie. And and, uh, and I imagine it would almost have to be Universal that would have to kind of greenlight it and approach it that way. Um, but exactly. if Universal really realized, hey, there's a big demand for this type of um artwork and people want that artwork not only to see it but they want it to be available as a product that then they can buy and own and support look um, i mean you've got like artists like kyle lambert who do the promotional art for stranger things if you've seen the stranger things yeah. art or you've seen like some of the latest <laughs> dvd releases for like jumanji like it's funny i've been, in, I've been allowing... in contact with him actually about yeah him. i i know you have and i would love to see somebody like him do cover art for even the classic DVDs, like they just released Jumanji with his cover art, and it looks beautiful. It's got like a yes. like a like a Drew Struzan almost kind of feel to it. But I mean, honestly, like that, the that Blu-ray cover art for the Blu-rays that they put out—that's that's atrocious. Exactly like, what just, I'm just getting at. Bring, like that, bring him in, bring him in, do new artwork, and just it does not need to be like don't recall the ones that they printed. Just sell them out or whatever, but make a running change. So. Guess what? In maybe by early next year, that same exact skew is going to mm -hmm. be out with new cover art, and fans are going to want to collect it as collectors, and it's going to do a better job exactly. representing the brand exactly. and representing the quality of the brand that should be that really should shine like a beacon. To be honest, exactly. With you. If there's one thing I've kind of learned at, the, at my company, because uh, we are we are sales driven there um, on uh, the Amazon channel, and uh, the company I work for is a third party seller. But I, I am a graphic designer, so I, I kind of do my own thing. But, um, you know, one thing that I kind of really kind of learned in the business sense of uh, with, with product placement and just products and like big um, companies in general is really brand protection and brand integrity and upholding that. And I mean, you have a... You it have matters, a, actually. Like people try have, to pretend like general audience don't know and don't care. 
They do. Oh, they do. And you've got to make sure that you keep a firm grasp of that because as soon as you start to slip and these like these Blu-ray covers is, is exactly what I'm talking about. They are atrocious. You took Photoshop images of Popo, uh, 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 Kong Skull Island, and you, you didn't even take the source material and put it on. You could have taken a freeze frame from, from that exact scene and filtered it in a way and made it into a beautiful cover without changing it the way that you did or changed the Stegosaurus's head into a fucking triangle. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know. And how I'm getting so mad multiple- talking about it. Like, how did that? How not only how did a graphic designer design it? Because there's so many issues with like like the cover of Jurassic Park. Like Grant isn't looking at the T Rex, pretending like the T Rex was the right T Rex. Grant's not even looking at it. He's too small for the car. I mean, he's like the car is huge, or he's miniature. Um, insane and how they have then it has the wrong the Rex head. The Rex has three fingers. Um, yes. I haven't even seen. I haven't even seen the back of the cover. But um, not only not only did a designer design that, and there's a lot of actual issues with it like it doesn't look blended properly there's some really i like the way the car looks and i like the way grant looks if he was actually the right size and looking in the right direction but um it just doesn't look good and then on top of that it went through multiple layers of approval i can't How? i don't, I don't universal i like i cannot tell you enough like how much of a love-hate relationship i have with you i cannot understand how you would let something like this get buy with such a huge franchise of yours and as a designer myself i am absolutely appalled that you would get away with such laziness and fundamental design flaws like you have broken every rule in the goddamn book and shame on you start sourcing and not for a creative risk you didn't break the rules yeah. for a creative risk i mean it start was just... sourcing artists and illustrators and designers who actually will put real attention and des- and, and 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 uh I can't. I can't think right. Like just attention to detail and what they're doing, and you know, do it right so that, like you just said, like I want a collector's edition. And I saw that Jumanji cover, and I'm like, yeah, I like Jumanji. It's goddamn beautiful. But like, that's a that's a damn beautiful cover, and like, that's a piece of artwork that I should. I would like get a nail gun and just staple that DVD to my wall. And (laughs) that's what I mean. Like you You are just. You are just no. I love Jumanji, but like I, I I wouldn't. I've never thought to like own it as a collector's. You know, or like the. so that's what I mean. Like, just don't shit on your franchise and do things like this. And I like, get it. That wasn't their intent. And maybe it comes down to the fact that, hey, the people that went to approve that, they don't know Jurassic Park. They looked at it. There are no – from somebody who doesn't know Jurassic Park, there were no outright errors. They're not necess- – some of these people aren't expected to know that's not the Jurassic Park T-Rex. But that's it's ultimately, not the Lost World – uh, that's not the Lost World uh, Stegosaurus. So to be fair, there is a certain level of approval that I understand that it went by, and these people aren't expected to be experts. And that's the thing, though, that there needs to be a layer of approval, and it needs to be the initial layer of approval that actually does that. And, we, and there needs to be proper resources for these, whether or not you hire a really good artist or you hire just sort of a bottom-tier artist to make a Photoshop cover, they need to have proper archival resources to uh, reference. So they need to not end up in a situation where they feel the need to use the wrong T-Rex head or even end up using the wrong T-Rex head. There needs to be a proper, you know, database, a, a data bank of um, files and assets that they can use. And yeah. maybe some of them have to be made new. And I'm sure IOM would love to make some new renders based off of Jurassic Park. It wouldn't be entirely perfect, but if you needed some key art like that to change, maybe you can blend a frame with a newly rendered Jurassic Park T-Rex head. It might not be entirely perfect, but it would look better than that. That's for sure. 
it's just it's insane that we're even like talking or defending about it because what they did was was uh, yeah no it's, it's, it's it's just it, it's a it's a very real discussion though that I really wish could candidly candidly happen between us and Universal to kind of be like yo how did this happen and how, how can we help you make sure this doesn't happen again mm-hmm. yeah no um, that's I mean that's exactly what it boils down to is like look we we want like we are essentially your marketing company and we want to uphold your brand integrity we want to do what's best to like have a face brand value that everybody can like go wow like the jurassic park franchise like that's amazing like that's cool like they do a star wars and shit but you are yeah. like like with that kind of stuff you are literally just taking a massive shit on your on your brand and it's it's and, just and a slap in the face to out. every designer out. out there that can like do a, a monkey could do a better job than that and it's yeah it's just a it, slap in the face of people who are like what like I could have taken that. I would have gladly have taken that job for free and done a better job. Exactly. Exactly. Jurassic Park is such a beloved franchise. Like I mean, honestly, you shouldn't be, and they should never be bringing in artists to work for free anyhow. No, but absolutely. It's such not. a it's such a beloved franchise that there are amazingly talented high school students out there in this world that could have done way better quality content that are bigger fans that would have done a better job. And truthfully, they would have done it just to as a project for school. Um, but the re- reality is, is they don't need to pay someone a ton of money to work on Jurassic Park. I mean, they should pay them the fair industry rate. But what I'm guess what I'm getting at is, whomever designed that, it looks awful, and they probably paid a healthy chunk of money to have it done. Um, yep. And that's too bad. They need to eat that cost. And they need to re- revise those covers again. Don't eat the cost as in withdrawing the covers off the market. I'm not gonna say anything that dramatic. It should have never happened learn from that mistake never let it happen again and fix it and fix it fast and yes do a re-release fast because those are like you're not, you're trying to sell these damn on things. jurassic park's 25th anniversary at, of all times as well yes. like it's just fix fix it come on like fix your shit yeah just fix it anyway uh on that note it's the 25th anniversary coming up we've spent we this was originally supposed to be 30 minutes long it is uh <laughs> it is an hour and a half uh if anybody's still listening um thanks uh hey, hey. hey we're still here so um we gotta as wrap a, things up yeah uh, as a little quick footnote again um february 4th is the super bowl uh dude I love football, but I don't even know because it's the Pats, and I do not care. Go I think Minnesota. February 4th is the Super Bowl, and that's when we expect the next Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I don't want to say trailer. Um, probably extended TV spot, so it'll be like with Jurassic World World. It'll be a minute-long sort of mini-trailer. And then in, I don't know, March or April, we'll probably get the full the full second trailer, and maybe yeah. that might be the final trailer. And don't be surprised if the Super Bowl has maybe a few new shots, but we only like we I see think, just like the behind the scenes shots as well. No, I think it'll be a lot more new shots. Just like the Super Bowl trailer for uh, Jurassic World was like kind of a whole new trailer in terms of like its subplot that it delivered on. Yeah, that's true. Um, I forgot about. So that. I think that we'll get like a little bit more island action this time. Yeah, like not just the volcano. I think we're gonna get like more than in the mud with like the characters if that makes sense like all the characters mm. and maybe kind of get an idea of what each of their goals are on the island we know in owen's the there to rescue blue but like why is ted levine's wheatley there why is you know why is zia there why is franklin there i think that that we might kind of get those answers and see some of the scenarios that they end up with in the next trailer and uh, i just hope it doesn't have any major spoilers because i don't love that carnotaurus scene because it's kind of cheesy but goddamn, i wish i could have seen it in the theaters first um and not in the trailer 
Yeah, I hope. I mean, I hope that's not the biggest scene that we've that we. No, yeah. uh, it can't be. No. But it might. It might be the biggest, most over the top dinosaur like kind of mm-hmm. keyframe shot in the movie. It honestly mm-hmm. might be. Um, yeah. But I, I. Yeah, I. I I've said my piece on that. Um, honestly, <laughs> honestly, the other thing that I want to say is uh, Toy Fair, February 17th, is coming oh, up. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Mattel in the past has basically said, like, oh, hey, guys, keep an eye on Toy Fair for the Jurassic World toy reveals. And if Mattel is going to be there, I think, like, basically every company and partner is going to be there. I wouldn't say with every toy. Certain more spoilerific ones are still going to be kept behind closed doors. But they're going to be there. There are going to be a lot of reveals. And I can say I'm going to be there covering in person. Oh, you will? I will be at Toy Fair. Surprise, surprise. Finding out here first, folks. Even so, myself doesn't tell me anything. I know. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm just kidding, dude. I, I haven't I, talked I, to you I'm, actually in a while. So. <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> God damn it, Ryan. I feel so betrayed. Well, I mean, it's like we all talk on social every day, but yeah. I haven't talked to you officially, officially in a while. But. but, um, so anyways, there is a lot to kind of stay tuned for, uh, let us know sort of I guess let us know what you want to hear us talk about in the next podcast the problem is is these are so infrequent that they always devolve into news roundups rather than maybe finer tuned discussion points mm-hmm. um, so kind of let us know what you want to hear about us hear yes, let- from us about on the next podcast and we'll try to make it actually happen one way or another maybe even if it means separating the podcast into different teams and units like little weird podcasts like today were just not the normal format at all and not the normal team at all yeah it's yeah it's we're uh we, there's definitely a lot of things that we could still <laughs> develop on but like like jack always says like we have i mean we have our own lives and we and we do this ourselves we don't have like a yeah, we don't get paid for dress and, outpost and we, it's you know it's 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 kind of like we very makeshift and like i said it, it was a 30 minute conversation that turned into an hour and a half and that's and that's just kind of how you and I actually sometimes. wanting to talk about these subject points over something other than Facebook yeah. Messenger. Yeah, and that's, than, this is, a res, like I said, a result of us not talking in person for a while. Yeah. So that's unfortunately now to the viewer's expense. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed some of the discussion. I, you know, uh, or at least I, I don't know. I hope you got what you wanted out of a podcast from this podcast because I don't usually host these. Uh, although Ryan helped me out quite a bit. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like every time I'm in one, it's kind of a shit show. Everybody's <laughs> like, uh, less less of whatever's going on here and more Jack. We need more British tones. Because Jack, is he's very good at keeping it. Like, this would have definitely been 45 minutes had Jack been here. But, um, you know, that's... Absolutely. That's... But I think the other cool part, though, is we got to go a little... We kind of got to... Ha- we had a chance to have a deep dive into some of the conversations. Oh, it's like, Dad's gone for the weekend. Let's really talk like... about it. <laughs> have I talked about feathers lately? Yeah, you got um, the two dino nerds in here, so... Um, yeah, you know. But um, honestly, no, I'm kind of excited. Again, the trailer, the first Fallen Kingdom trailer, really put me off, but I'm kind of getting back into the gear of things where I feel optimistic and excited and... Um, Plus, there's all this really cool merch, and it's just a fun time to be a Jurassic Park fan. So, um, definitely. Honestly, our next podcast will probably our, be our reaction to the Super Bowl spot. So, until yeah. then, stay tuned. Unless any major news drops, or unless we actually decide to do a normal podcast where we just talk about things and not just talk about news. Yeah. Um, but thanks for listening, and uh, this has been the In General podcast. And I should mention the In General podcast has been brought to you by Audible. 
sign up for a free trial <laughs> or something today. Uh, Assis, maybe you can edit that part. He'll, he'll throw in that thing. Um, also make sure that uh, we're... You check us out on Twitter, uh, Jurassic Outpost, and Facebook as well. We're yeah. also on the Instagram, Jurassic Outpost, all of that good jazz. And we uh, all have our own personal accounts where you can follow our zaniness in, mm-hmm. for, for some god-awful reason. You actually yeah. want to follow me on Twitter. I'm not sure why, but hey. I wouldn't advise it, but I mean... Yeah, you know. Um, anyways, this has been Jurassic Out... This has been in general podcast episode 68. <laughs> uh, until next time. Bye, everybody. Oh, hello there. I hear you're a fan of dinosaurs and Jurassic Park. Well, check this out. Audible has got a deal that is perfect for you. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial for you to check out their great service. Since Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is coming out next year, why not go back and listen to the first Jurassic Park novel written by Michael Crichton on audiobook? Or, if you're interested in something brand new, why not go check out Michael Crichton's novel Dragon Teeth? Hey, you might even be interested in something brand new. Why not go check out Lean In by Cheryl Sandberg? To download your free audiobook trial today, go to audibletrial.com slash in general. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash in general for your free audiobook. One more time, why not? audibletrial.com slash I-N-G-E-N-E-R-A-L. Thank you, Audible. We love you.